Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Bring spring color inside this season with Bear Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Add a pop of blue to your kitchen with the Bear exclusive color Arrowhead Lake or a splash of Amazon jungle to your living room. Bring a cool breeze to your bathroom with sea glass or accent your bedroom with sunrise-inspired colors like coral cloud and dark crimson. Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. To the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast with Borg, Betts, and a baller. Welcome in. It's Wednesday, August 16th on the Fantasy Footballers Dynasty Podcast, if you're nasty. It's going to say, no, Kyle, you're wrong. It's not Wednesday. It's not August sixteenth. None none of that matters right now, because this time it's nasty boys of summertime. That's what time it is, man. Kyle, when you were talking on the intro, I was just thinking to myself, like, this show will likely induce vomit to someone listening. <laughs> the names on the dock today are just next level, and I, I'm here for it, boys. Grab your Pepto, grab your antacids, your Dramamine. A puke like bag, whatever, whatever you, you have, <laughs> yeah, yeah, have have the vomit bag, have an exit strategy ready, because these boys are nasty. Yeah, we're gonna release a surgeon's general warning, which <laughs> is actually an accomplishment. If this podcast was able to do it on the show, we are talking about our favorite nasty boys of the summer players at the end of your dynasty bench, and I'm saying the very end to the point of. You may look at them and say, do they deserve a spot? And we're saying, yes, there is a window of hope. And we'll talk about what we mean. We'll, we'll give some you know, more criteria when it comes to nasty boys, because that is one of the best parts, honestly, of Dynasty is talking about a player that has a less than 5% chance to maybe start for your team. But if you get it right, boys, if you get it right, you feel better than anything else. Absolutely. Grabbing a player off of a waiver wire in a dynasty league that turns into someone who can start, it is an unbelievable achievement, and it feels fantastic. 
We just did a bunch of updates in the Ultimate Draft Kit. If you want to get that at ultimatedraftkit.com, especially some of the news with Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott. And, you know, we even updated some Dynasty Outlook. You know, for some of those older players, you're fortunate that they signed on. But, you know, I know for me, when it comes to Brees Hall and Ramondre Stevenson, it's like, hey, you're going to hold on to those players because right now, you're if you were trying to trade them, it would not go as well, right? People are going to hold that against you. But our dynasty rankings, our you know our blurbs, our team opportunities, those are all updated in the Ultimate Draft Kit. And Mike, I'll just, for you with Ramondre, you dropped him in your rankings for a redraft. But for dynasty, it's like, he's still only in his third year and we can feel confident. Yeah, I'm, I'm still holding on. He's He's still ranked for redraft as a top 12 running back for me. And that's my my biggest dynasty takeaway was for Dalvin Cook, like it was being floated, we were going to get a two year, uh, two year contract because this is the the Jets are all in for the next two years with Aaron Rodgers. They got him to take the pay cut. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there's a cap situation after that, but for the next two years, Jets will be not just we're trying to improve, we're going to try and win the division. No, it's we're trying to win the Super Bowl each of the next two years, and and the fact that Dalvin only did the one year for for Brees Hall. That was probably that should be a big sigh of relief for anyone who's rostering Brees. Yeah, it's it's not worrisome when you think about these players will probably not be on the roster next year, and it's just a rental. And Dalvin got way more, I think, money than a lot of people thought. But yes, he did. But in terms of just dynasty any any quick thoughts on Brees Hall bets that you want to give is just hey status quo don't don't just abandon ship all of a sudden no certainly not in dynasty and we've been talking about it you know both on you know the main show and we've been talking about it a bunch on here of like listen it's going to be a slow start to the season everyone knows that and for Brees Hall the play in dynasty is not for weeks one through four one through six whatever it's really the back half of the season and 2024 is when we are getting Brees Hall to the moon I I fully believe that he's the uh, exact profile we want to bet on after these ACL injuries, right? That insanely athletic score, super young, high draft capital, productive before the injury. So I'd, I'd be sniffing around in my leagues just to see is the is the Brees that's a good old the sniff, old sniff huh? with your league mates, <laughs> just to see uh, if they're a little shook. Now, if you're with a lot of savvy players, they're not going to bat an eye on this most likely, but. Someone might be in a win now mode and saying, "Look, you know, I I need uh, to have my guys contributing right now. If they're shook with the Dalvin signing, I'd be doing everything I can to get Brees Hall for 2024." If you want to get all those in the Ultimate Draft Kit, you can go to that ultimatedraftkit.com, including a draft analyzer if you want to analyze your dynasty team. But if you're here, you're ready to get nasty. Nasty boys of summer. Woo. I'm it's just a little quick nasty rendition right yeah. there. <laughs> just new song. It's a new song. Um <laughs> we, the song need to, of the summer. we need to <laughs> we need to clarify people what we mean by this term that I went back, Mike, and I found the original clip from the main show when that started to oh, you did? Yeah, when it started to spring up because <laughs> it was really just a selfish thing of you and Jason talking about your teams and saying Hey, we got to make it to the finals. You know, you were talking about Hassan Haskins. and Oh, yes. Yeah. He was the champion of nasty last year. <laughs> so let's kind of talk about the origins of what we mean by nasty boy. And you can identify those people in your league. 
you know, tell somebody else, use that terminology. It's super fun. But what makes somebody a nasty boy in Dynasty, in your opinion, Mike? So it it is, it all comes down to the probability that this player is going to hit, which in in Dynasty, when you're in your rookie draft, what you need to realize is even your first round picks, your probability of hitting, it's this it's not that great. It's not a bet that like you would be willing to put a huge amount of money on. Because it's just rookies, they they don't pan out, and you go through your three rounds, maybe even there's a lot of places they have your four round rookie draft, and then there's just guys that are they're on the waiver wire, or these uh or they're they're veterans that have now been since released, and they've just been chilling on the waiver wire, waiting for an opportunity to jump onto someone's dynasty roster and and then see what happens from there. So it's just it's low probability. You aren't a lot of these guys. You would say, I'm not sure if they're actually good. <laughs> like that's, that's for so like Hassan Haskins last year. Why did I play him in a championship week? Well, Derrick Henry, our dude, was out, and we needed somebody who was just hopefully going to get some volume. And Haskins sort of did that, but I mean, you're putting him out there. You have you have no clue if these players are going to be good. But like we said, when the nasty boy evolves into someone that's on your roster, it's unbelievable. And it happens. Like it's it does happen. Uh, Kyle wanted me to bring up like some of my favorite players just from the past. And dude, I've had some, I've had some really, really big hits just coming off of the waiver wire. Like last year for me, uh after I had to, you know, accept the way that things were going for my my dear sweet Adam Troutman, I dropped Adam Troutman and I picked up Juwan Johnson at the beginning of the year, who ended up being a top he was a top ten tight uh tight end right right because he had like he had like I don't know seven or eight touchdowns something like that just tight end production out of nowhere and other guys that I've gotten off the wire before Alan Lazard he was an undrafted free agent makes sense that no one's going to really be on Lazard, but then he starts picking up steam. Uh, I remember <laughs> a very distinct moment of we were kind of talking about on, on the footballers main show. It was the end of the year and we're saying, who are, who are some guys like for dynasty that you might just want to throw on the end of your bench? And I quoted uh, Rex Burkhead's stat line from his final game back when he was on the Cincinnati Bengals. And I got laughed out the room. And I'm like, I'm picking him up. And then he goes and he signs with the New England Patriots. And he has some very usable games along with uh, Mike Gillisley kind of rained on that parade. But, like, there's just the, – you if you are staying active and looking at contract situations and being connected to team beat reporters, there are – there's boys that are on that waiver wire that you could pick up that you never know what's going to happen in a dynasty because it, the, the rosters are just so deep. One little one – little, uh, like beam of light of opportunity for these players. And the next thing you know, they're starting for you in the championship week. Bets. Who's a player that is probably one of your favorites in terms of nasty boys over the years? This boy nasty. Okay. This was three, three years ago. <laughs> Remember it was the preseason and you're watching the Washington, whatever they were called at the time. Uh, and all of a sudden you're like, man, this running back's getting some run. Next preseason game, this running back's running with the ones. 
Holy crap. Fat Rob Kelly is the starting running back for Washington. And I went back to try to find his stats and production <laughs> on our profile uh, pages on the site. And I accidentally typed in Fat Rob thinking <laughs> it would populate. Ooh, that's not going to work. Not. But he went by Fat Rob Kelly. And that one year, he was the RB31. Is that sexy? No, of course not. But is that a startable asset in Dynasty? Sure is. You that's bet. a flex play every week for you <laughs> that you got off the waiver wire. So... Man, Rob Kelly, that was uh, an uninspiring like 3.8 yards per carry in a cloud of dust. But in Dynasty, when you need these guys to just plug and play, injury, stuff like that, uh, it works. So he's a, he's one that popped into my mind. And I, I love in Dynasty, you can look at someone's roster in week one and just know by week 15 or 16, not only will injuries happen, but things will change so much that you s- will start players that you never thought you would. It makes it such a fun format. I, I know for me... I got to a point last year where Dante Foreman was somebody that just saved me. And that guy came from the grave. Like, yes, he did. Like, done, Achilles injury, he's out. Like, should not be playing football again. And whenever he plays the Falcons, though, that dude just erupts. So, Dante Foreman is somebody that I feel I just love a lot because he helped my team. And then, you know, tooting my horn here, but Darren Waller off the wire years ago after he was, you know, drafted by the Ravens had some you know personal issues out of the league for a little bit and then hey this dude could be something and then that's kind of all you're really hoping for and so i think this is a longer ride than most nasty boys like with Darren Waller because he's still my starting tight end and i'm i at first i was like oh man i still have Darren Waller on my roster I need to trade him now i'm like guns up i'm i'm yeah totally cool with it but we're looking for a glimmer just a glimmer of hope. And then last thing I want to say before we get into our official picks, the the term sleeper is used a ton in fantasy football where you talk about sleepers and super deep sleepers. And, you know, you Google that, you're going to find a million different lists. I would say a nasty boy is what Mike said earlier. A nasty boy is we're pretty sure they're not that great or we haven't seen it yet. We're very so confident any, that they're not that great. <laughs> Which almost makes it more endearing when they do show up, and we know that opportunity is king in football. So any last thoughts between a sleeper and a nasty boy, the difference? Uh, I will echo everything we've already said, but I will say my my two boys on this list, I have them here because I think they are actually good. I don't know if that's are good. Guys, I don't know about no, that. My, my, my players are not good at football. <laughs> I'm confident in that. <laughs> could be good. Could be a starter. Could right. be out of the league. That's the best part. An nasty boy could be somebody that you could actually genuinely hang out with like at a bar two years from now because they're not in the league. I will also the say, yep. Kyle, the, the difference for me between a sleeper and a nasty boy, a sleeper is like you have a little bit of expectation like this This could work. A nasty boy, you should have zero expectations. And if they do not yes, work, yeah, you're expect- you kick them to the waiver wire and don't think twice about it. That's the definition to me and the difference between a sleeper and a nasty boy. One of my, right, Who's first, Kyle? I'll go first because one of mine was simply looking at my dynasty leagues and saying, is this person either at the very end of my bench or is this person actually still on the waiver wire? Okay, so that's... It, it's, it's most likely that this person is rostered. So I found this out. Cole Turner... Tight end for the Washington Manders. In sleeper dynasty leagues, he's rostered in about 29% of leagues, but that has been pushed up so much in the last weekend because he caught a few targets. So let's talk about Cole Turner. 
talk about the opportunity because they took him in the fifth round in, in 2022 and he basically did nothing last year. Nine targets, but he's huge, 6'6", 250. And the biggest vote for Cole Turner to be someone that you could pick up right now is Logan Thomas is a player that seems very easy to fade in terms of injuries. I was shocked. Shocked. I can't the- believe he's still around. I mean, good for him. Why did they give him a three-year contract? <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's like it's shocking that they would do this to a player that just turned 31 and said, hey, here's three more years who's had some injury issues. He still has two more years under contract, and Ron Rivera was quoted as saying, his recovery from his calf strain is slow. It's gradual because he's an older guy. It's like the coach, the coach has said, this is going to be slow. Logan Thomas was a player last year that we faded and told people not to draft. I remember in the ultimate draft kit, but Cole Turner is a player that was running with the ones. And in uh, week one of the preseason, Sam Howell played 21 snaps. Okay. He dropped back 16 times. Turner was on the field for 18 of those snaps and he led the team in targets with three, including a big fourth down conversion where Howell was scrambling. And that's something that Sam Howell can do. And Cole Turner actually kind of broke off his route, found a soft spot in the coverage and was able to get a big fourth down gain. So Cole Turner is one of those players, especially for me at tight end, where if you're playing in a, in a league that you have deep bench you can afford to have at least two to three tight ends that are on your roster that are just maybes you swing for the fences or what people usually do. Did this guy play basketball in college? Like that's like everybody's like criteria. And Cole Turner is one of those players at Nevada. He actually had production. He's on that same team as uh, Romeo Dobbs. And there's enough there where he could be the starter this year. Like legitimately he could be the starter the rest of the year. So I think he'll probably be boosted up in a hot second where you no longer can call him a nasty boys, but I'm calling him a nasty boy because he's been <laughs> on my roster and his hair is very Greg D-esque. This, this is better hair than Greg. I know. He, he's a good looking guy. Cole Turner, this guys. Is, this, is, this is top tier hair. Okay, so call him nasty, call him whatever you ever want, but Cole Turner, I feel like I'm going to put my stance and if he does anything remotely good... People like it, and if he's not good, we'll just say he was nasty. It's not a big deal, right? That is correct. Hey, week so, two of the preseason I, coming up. I It sounds like Thomas probably not ready based off what you're saying here, Kyle, and I've seen similar stuff on the calf issue. So, listeners, just if you're watching some Washington football, see if Cole Turner is out there with the ones. Again, it could be a clue. So I think it is actually a very good take, Kyle. I And I'll give you one more take beyond just that. The team last year, okay, they ranked dead last in first half pass rate. Okay. Now they bring in Eric Bienemy, who with the Chiefs, they were number one in first half pass rate. So I expect just the pass rate and the volume as a whole just to move up it. I mean, it has to go somewhere. So that's why we like McLaurin. We obviously love Dotson and Cole Turner. Like it wouldn't shock me if he averaged five targets, if he's the tight end one. Like that's kind of the range of outcomes. Top 10 tight end, probably not. But in year one, like year two, nasty boy. Get on the field. That's all I care about. Uh, I like it. <laughs> that's all I care. <laughs> all right. I'll hop in next with uh, my nasty boy, my first one. And look, we want to know who the running back to in Cincinnati is. There are people drafting in best ball, making moves on the waiver wire in your dynasty league, trying to get the Samaj P. Ryan of last year. We all know Joe Mixon's the dude, but 
there is legal stuff going on as of Monday and Tuesday this week. We're not yep. sure where that's at as we record, but that is a factor. So you already have some a little bit of inherent risk that like, look, the four dudes that are currently on the team, Joe Mixon, Chris Evans, Travion Williams, and uh, fifth round rookie Chase Brown, there's a chance those those guys are all making the roster. My nasty boy is Chris Evans, who, man, if you played best ball last year, everyone was tr- was taking <laughs> say, Chris he, Evans. He rose. Oh, in like, what, the 14th, 15th round at one point? Meanwhile, Samaj P.R. Yeah, is just chilling, were... undrafted, ends up being the dude, gives you an incredible season for what it took to get him on your squad. What if we were just a year early on Chris Evans? Because right now, Travion Williams, he's missed uh, basically two-plus weeks with an ankle issue, unsure when he's going to be back. And Chase Brown, there are supporters out there, don't get me wrong, but he is a fifth-round rookie, and we know the hit rate on these guys is quite low. And last year, the reason people were so excited about Chris Evans was because we were like, oh, this, you know, the younger guy, like the younger guy will take over. There is a chance that this coaching staff just prefers familiarity, a guy that's been in the system, that knows it, and most importantly, that will not get Joe Burrow killed in pass protection. They've been trying to find this kind of third down back, and so I was going through, and boys, just so everyone knows, I was searching Chris Evans on Twitter today (laughs) and also trying to find anything on the internet that was positive about this man. Ben Baby, covers the team, uh, was saying that with these two guys out, Joe Mixon and Trayvon Williams, uh, as of yesterday's practice, Chris Evans was starting with the ones. In the preseason, seven carries for 49 yards for Chris Evans, eight carries for 12 yards for Chase Brown. It's a small sample, but he at least flashed. And in the kind of post-game recap on The Athletic from Paul uh, Denner, who covers the team, he was talking about where these guys improve their stock. And he specifically was talking about Chris Evans in pass protection, saying he needs to continue to build these wins to earn the trust of the coaching staff. But at least in week one, he checked the box. So he's only rostered in uh, tw- on 29% of leagues currently on sleeper. Uh, Chris Evans might not be anything this year. But he could be the Samaje Pirine role, and I am absolutely willing to take that shot on this nasty boy. It's interesting. All right, I'll. Oh, I just well, want to say ahead, this real quick because he actually has the frame where if something were to happen to Mixon, like he could get some more. Where Travion, I just don't know. So, I I don't mind it. I just been burned. So, I just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> Wait, so you're outing yourself? You were on the Team Evans last year? Yes, which means he'll probably hit this year. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm jumping in here. I want to talk about a running back who was not drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but he was added after the fact. It is Sean Tucker. Now, this guy, he he's like fringe, right? I, I'm really more having him here because I want to talk about Sean Tucker. Uh, he's kind of a... He's not not a full nasty boy. He's had a shower or two uh, because he is a really good player. He uh, played at Syracuse, gave us, you know, a really solid production profile. We're talking his sophomore year, almost 1,500 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns on the ground, 255 receiving yards. Like He is a good player. Unfortunately, he has a heart condition that was identified. And NFL teams are very risk averse to anything like this with, with injuries when it comes to their draft picks. It's, it really blows my mind. The, that teams like when you're in the sixth or the seventh round, these NFL teams have to know their hit rates on these players. Like why not just get the guy who's falling? Because 
he's got a little bit of injury concern. The, the, your your seventh round pick is not very likely to make your roster anyways, so go get a player who's actually talented. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they went and they got him. And the situation in Tampa Bay is it's interesting. It's like, yeah, it's we're, we're all hoping for good things for Rashad White for this year, but he's a really unproven player, very inefficient on the ground last year. To his credit, Leonard Fournette, the dump truck was also very inefficient, bad offensive line play. So it wasn't like his it wasn't like Rashad White's teammate was was killing it, and then Rashad White was bad. It was just, they were all just bad. But anyways, Rashad White is the starter, and then what do we got on that depth chart, Kyle? And we Keyshawn Vaughn, the the ghost of Keyshawn Vaughn, who was a third round pick years ago, and just cannot seem to get on the field. Chase Edmonds, who, pa- Ch- uh, Chase Laird. Edmonds. So Chase Edmonds, who's on his what fourth team in about a calendar year, essentially, like he went from the Cardinals to the Dolphins to the Broncos to now now he's here on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Sean Tucker is truly a talented player. Again, he gave us that production profile that we actually want, and this backfield is not as settled as it would look at first glance. So Sean Tucker is someone to me that could easily rise up the ranks for, for Tampa Bay, end up as, I don't know, maybe maybe he becomes the number two behind Rashad White. And then if Rashad White misses time, there you go. Plug and play. You have a you have a running back starter for a week or two. So if Sean Tucker happens to still be out there on the waiver wire, he is a priority add. I'm like if you want to get nuts and trade a third rounder for Sean Tucker, it doesn't it really doesn't bother me because I it just in my heart, I truly believe that he is a good player, and I'm going to bet on talent more often than not. And it's a future third. Who cares? Who so what? Who cares? What's that third going to turn into? Just garbage. That's what it'll turn into. So go get a player who actually has a chance. Uh, and Sean Tucker, I think he could be that guy. Do you feel like I remember in the pre-draft process when we scouted running backs before the draft? Do you guys feel like he would have been a borderline day two pick if not for his heart condition I really think that in my scouting process which you know not a professional scout but I my job is to talk, is to try and identify players that are going to be good coming into the NFL and I think I've gotten pretty good at it Sean Tucker was like my third or fourth favorite running back uh, I can't remember exactly where I had him but I had him ranked extremely high uh, just in really really impressive 5'10", 210 pounds. He's not even 22 years old yet. Like, this is a guy who's ready to go. Yeah, and real quick, too, just these preseason games, like, if you watch these guys play, you can sometimes tell, like, that guy's got some juice. There was a play uh, right around the 10-yard line, the Bucks in the preseason game. He got the carry. Yes. Bounced it outside nicely, read the blocks well, got in the end zone. It got called back, unfortunately, for holding. That's not going to pop up if you just, like, look at, you know, the box score from week one and say, oh, Sean Tucker, yeah, it didn't really do that great. I think he's the classic tape versus analytics sort of argument because he is good. I, I agree with that. He's probably the best football player on this nasty boys list, but I'm with you, man. Throw a third, throw a fourth at your league mate. Try to get him on your squad. Yeah. When we were in the pre-draft process, I was throwing out different comps just based on size and his skill set. It's like he can catch the ball. I said that he's like a Shane Vereen below Powell. Below Powell was a nasty boy. Like in terms yeah, of he was, and then he had a little bright, <laughs> He had a very uh, very bright spot as a nickname. I mean, not many people get a nickname, right? No. On a, on a well, t-shirt. You got you to earn it. So, not really. I mean, we, we give a nickname to a lot of people. 
It's basically, do you make us laugh? Like, it, it, yeah. it, it's, uh, it's a pretty low bar. All right, before we get to our next Nasty Boys, let's take a quick break. What's going on, Foot Clan Championships? They're on the way with the Ultimate Draft Kit. Get started at ultimatedraftkit.com. Get all of our tier-based rankings, the premium stat projections, the video player profiles, the custom cheat sheets, the sleepers, the breakouts, the busts, and the value so you can beat your league mates. And don't forget about the Dynasty Pass, part of the UDK+. Plus. We keep upgrading it every year because we want you to be better and better each and every season with the Ultimate Draft Kit. So check it out at ultimatedraftkit.com. I couldn't get enough of nasty tight end talk, so I needed to throw it back out there and throw it a rookie tight end, which I know if Jason was on the show, he would love it too. But this guy's not really a tight end, and it's Elijah Higgins, tight end for the Miami Dolphins. He was a six-round pick, taken 197th overall out of Stanford. Dude's big, 6'3", 235, but his metrics as a wide receiver don't look great. But if you just, you know, instead look at it as a tight end, which is what <laughs> the Dolphins did, right? Like the Dolphins are like, man, this isn't yeah. good. Let's just put him in the tight end category and we'll feel way better about this pick. Um, a four five four forty is awesome for a tight end. It's 95th percentile. He has an 86 percent or 86 percentile speed score when you factor in uh, his weight and the Dolphins have arguably our most hated tight end on the roster. We joked about this the other day on the main show, but the tight ends on the Dolphins roster are basically nobodies. And their starting tight end is a guy named Durham Smythe, who he is everywhere. He, Mike, why don't you explain this to people? We kind of tease this a little bit. Yeah, so Durham Smythe is just – Smythe has become the replacement when someone – when you see a, a tight end catch the ball – and you so you just of course you assume it's the tight end who you have because that's the only people that should be catching passes in the NFL are the people who are on my fantasy squad, and then it turns out that it was Durham Smythe because he's actually like he's a very competent player. He just is not a fantasy player. So when when he steals your touchdowns or when when any tight end steals your touchdown, you just blame it on Smythe. It's it's one of my favorite calls in the football studio and footballer studio where someone's <laughs> ah Smythe Smythe, <laughs> and so he's a blocking tight end. It's kind of shocking that they gave him money and extended him because they didn't with Gesicki, who we all thought like we wanted to be the thing, but he just wasn't utilized. So Smythe's more of a blocking tight end. They have Tyler Croft, they have Eric Sobert, they they have a bunch of dudes. Elijah Higgins is young enough and can actually get down the field. Week one of preseason. There were 16 pass plays. He ran a route on 15 of them, which is what you want to see. Four of them in the slot. He saw three targets. And in the third quarter, they kind of hit him on back-to-back plays and had some yak. I care about that with tight ends. I brought that up before. If you can find a young tight end who's athletic and can get yards after the catch, that's what I care about. But I was looking at some of their beat writers, and they were saying that Elijah Higgins, one of the things he has to improve on and I, this is why I included it here. He said, the biggest thing he needs to improve is getting nasty in the run game. Oh, what? That's I what they said. That. Okay. I mean, it's it's what he needs to improve. And I actually say, no, that is what I don't want him to be good at. In fact, <laughs> it's, it's kind of a weird theory that people say, you know, oh, we want them on the field because they can block. And I get that. We want them on the field. But when a player who is a running back or a tight end, they are blocking on a pass play – 
they are actually not running around. They cannot be targeted on that. So I actually am fine with players at tight end that aren't great at blocking. Like they're fine. Like Mark Andrews hasn't ever been an awesome blocker. That's why they've always run two tight end sets. They had Nick Boyle. They had other people. We like tight ends that can actually run around, get down the field. Chigakonko, same way. Like Mike Rabel's like, ah, oh, I wish he was better at blocking. It's like, I'm fine with it. I don't care. Just run routes. Uh, that's what matters to me. So uh, Pat Corain, who's a, who's a great follow, he had the statistics. Since 2010, 80% of tight end seasons that had 12 plus PPR points per game came from tight ends who pass block on less than 12% of their snaps. And that's what I would think Higgins is going to end up being. And Mike, I, I'm not trying to move your heart here. I'm really oh. not. Oh. But my the comp I have seen the most to Elijah Higgins is that he is quite Jordan Reed-esque. Oh. oh. Roll 86. That, that brings some good memories back. <sighs> or Jordan Reed-esque? I, I, let's just say I, I found my Rule 86 shirt the other day because I have one of those old, old school ones. Collector edition. <laughs> it is. It's, it's not for sale anymore. But <laughs> maybe, maybe we get him reborn through Elijah Higgins. So he's pretty much rostered in no, nowhere. And the only people that are rostering him is me. <laughs> in in leagues, so I I would tell Elijah Higgins he needs to start uh, wearing a bubble suit everywhere he goes if people are going to comp him to Jordan Reed. Yeah, he's he's protect yourself. He's number eighty four, so maybe we'll get him to change his number two to eighty six. But uh, yeah, I threw out two tight ends. What could go wrong, right? I love it, yeah. Kyle. Nothing. That's what. Yeah, Betsy, you go next. That was nasty. This is disgusting. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, pull your vehicle to the side of the road. Uh oh this this is this is by far the worst. This player like, is I, not a good football player. I can't I can't even get on board with this one. I, listen, I get it. He's not good. This player <laughs> uh was a 6th round pick in 2021 out of USC. He had to transfer from Texas because some guy named Bijan Robinson was very good uh in, in you know as a freshman as as a, a young guy there. 6 foot 221. This dude caught 89 passes in college. I'm talking about Keontae Ingram. Now, no. the rationale no. for this pick is that... Now, who does he play for? He plays for the Cardinals. <laughs> the okay, rationale good. for this pick is literally the the definition of the RB dead zone, right? Is, is kind of these guys that go where they go in a redraft format for the projected workload that they will see. There is no doubt James Conner is the dude in this backfield, but he is going in the RB dead zone where we see a lower hit rate. The way that you make the RB dead zone work for you is try to find out who could be the guy that might benefit if the guy in the dead zone fails, if James Conner gets injured, if for some reason he's moved via trade, it, whatever happens. The depth chart right now is nasty. Keontae Ingram, Corey Clement, Tyson Williams, they brought in Marlon Mack. He's gone for the year with the torn Achilles and some guy named Amari DiMarcado, which is very fun to say. But Corey Clement is a 28, soon to be 29-year-old career special teams player. I just mentioned Marlon Mack's gone. Tyson Williams is about to be 27. He's a UDFA from 2020. Like He's kind of been around. I, I don't know, man. There is a realistic possibility that this guy sees touches no. this year. <laughs> but if it's not James Conner, who is it going to be, Mike? Uh, Clement. No. Here's Keontae Ingram. Keontae Ingram last year, uh, we did not get a bunch of actual 2. work 2 yards from per him. 
He had a 2.2 yards per carry average, Bet Wasn't it like we have carries? It's 27 carries. Okay, so they, they trust him. We have <laughs> any... <laughs> I'm looking at the box score here, and we have two appearances where he got a carry that he averaged more than three yards <laughs> per carry. Dude, this guy, this guy is... There's just no, there's just no hey, way. Hey, you asked for the there's nasty no, boys. Even if opportunity comes up. This boy is no, nasty. It, we, not disgusting vomit on yourself, boys. These are these are guys who you have a point zero something percent chance. Let me let me ask, this, put it this way. Do you think, Mike, that he needs to be rostered in a dynasty league? Do I? <laughs> oh, God. He's, Say the words yes, Mike. Probably. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he pro- okay. Yeah. Yes. He probably should be on a roster. That's all I'm saying. Just in case. Just in case he is the backup. Uh, pay no draft picks. Pay no fab. Do not burn a waiver priority. But if you can accomplish getting him on your roster while staying within that criteria of those three things, fine. And then what Adam, happens? <laughs> Is if James Conner misses a week or two here or there, you trade him before he immediately. plays. You immediately send him away <laughs> yes. for a third and do not think twice about it. That is the play here. <laughs> I feel like with a pick like this, Bets, which I'm very proud of you for just scraping the bottom, the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. You know, there's like taxi squads that people are gonna have to lead. There needs to be a different like he doesn't sit with the team, like he he's somewhere else that you you talk about him only like in just very closed door meetings. <laughs> Because Keiji Ingram is going to ruin just some bad juju. He's going to bring some bad juju for your team bets. Hundred percent. So last year, last year James Conner had a three-game stretch where he missed the games because of injury. Like that happens to James Conner. We had weeks seven, or I'm sorry, six through eight, three games. And you would think, okay, maybe Keontae Ingram got some run in those. Okay, well that first one in uh, game six there, he got three carries for seven yards, and that includes a long of seven yards. Just so, and just do that math real quick at home. <laughs> uh, the following week, they thought maybe he deserved a little bit more run. To his credit, he did score a touchdown, but he ended the game with nine carries for 14 yards. We go into the next week. James Conner is still not available, and nor is Keontae Ingram. They said, you're on the bench. You're not going to take a single snap, even though our starter is out. Maybe he has improved. You got to leave room for that. Leave room for that. These are human beings. They get better. This was his rookie year, but man, oh man, they they liked him enough to say buy Eno Benjamin last year. Like, don't forget that. They they, they at least said we're going to keep him around. Yeah, yeah, they did do that. Mike, you're pretty good <laughs> about you're pretty good about not always sharing your fandom. But when I looked at this depth chart, when Betts put the depth chart in there, like, that's bad. That's very Dude. bad. Yeah. We're trusting the process. We are building something for the future. I I get it. If you're a dynasty manager and you just want to tank this year, just take – actually, I'm counting on James Conner in a league. He'll be fine. I'll say that, that that's what this points to. Looking at the, the depth chart of the Cardinals says, how does James Conner not touch the ball <laughs> – 300 plus times assuming he stays healthy like it, i don't see how you possibly choose anyone else on this depth chart to give them the ball over james connor even if james connor's exhausted mike you have the final one and i just want to give my stamp of, of approval 
Yes. That yes, me. This me. is my one of my favorite players. Uh, Kyle and I have been infatuated with Mr. Deontay Hardy for for quite some time. Kyle even grabbed a screenshot of me adding Deontay Hardy. Unfortunately, I had to cut him from my Dino Squad, and then Kyle was able to pick him up a little bit later. Uh, Deontay Hardy, who kind of got a little bit of a name for himself back on the New Orleans Saints. He is now on the Buffalo Bills, and Hardy is an absolute burner of a human being. And for all the, for for the people that love the kind of the nerdy behind the scenes analytics, you like targets per route run and yards per route run. Deontay Hardy's targets per route run and yards per route run are up with the elite of the elite. Small sample because he's not on the field as much as those guys, of course, but. The fact that in 2021 you can have a near 27% target per route run rate, you have a near 2.7 yards per uh, yards per route run. Like these are insane numbers, and he went to, you know, a team that these are the, this is the team you want your fantasy players to go to. You dream that your players get traded to the Buffalo Bills to get a premier job playing with Josh Allen in a high powered offense, but that's not just it, guys. As of right now. Deontay Hardy might be the starting slot wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Draft Twitter really wanted it to be Khalil Shakir, who I think was drafted fifth round last year. Kyle, is that Correct. right? So, uh, but we got a report here from a Buffalo beat reporter. Shakir seemed like an up and coming player for the Bills late last season, but it appears he has fallen back down to fifth on the depth chart. And Deontay Hardy who has the wheels, if you put him in the slot, like this is, I'm, I am I'm so serious about this. You put Hardy in the slot, and you have Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis on the outside, this guy is going to make at least four gigantic scoring plays over the course of, of the NFL season should he hold on to this starting slot job. This is watch preseason week two, watch what the beat reporters are saying, but if, if Hardy actually does if he holds on to the spot like he might have value in a redraft league and this is a guy who might just be sitting on your dynasty waiver wire yes and the reason why he's kind of stuck around because he was injured last year you know and it, it's his return abilities are awesome he was a pro bowler uh back with the saints and in college he was insane doing it but they gave him so much money guaranteed that it's kind of shocking like it we don't remember that this was an early move. I think this was like March, you know, first or second day. I remember, Mike, we were playing pickleball. We're like, oh, that guy got that much money? Yeah. And we were shocked. It was over $5 million guaranteed. It was a two-year deal. And, yeah, it's it's Khalil Shakir who's mostly been an outside wide receiver. So, you know, playing behind Diggs and playing behind Gabe Davis. This is a team you're going to always bet on. It's just they're going to throw the ball a ton. And Isaiah McKenzie, had, he had usable weeks, right? Like, Yes, it wasn't always like predictable, but at least it was something that in Dynasty, like if something happened, like I could play Isaiah McKenzie in a pinch. So he's such a fun player. Like I posted some highlights of him recently at five six. I get it; he's small. You know, maybe never going to get a couple couple catches. But in best ball, I have been taking him with my last pick in Josh Allen stacks, and I feel pretty smart for it. And Betts has said the same thing to me. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that you were tatting Khalil Shakir as a, whoa, a whoa, solid late-round target, so I, I just want to point that out. But that that's the beauty of this, right, is we change with new information. 
everything out of Buffalo is Shakir has fallen, Hardy is rising, even Trent Sherfield apparently is above Khalil Shakir, and I, I still see people take um, Shakir in round 16, round 17 of these leagues. Like, I think that ship has sailed. So I'm with you. This is a guy you got to pick up. He has been working as the primary returner with the Naheem Hines injury. So he has a role plus this other stuff. Like you said, if he can get in the slot, if he can overtake Trent Sherfield, this dude is explosive. So um, we don't love betting on 170 pound players that are five, six, but his skill set And just like you said, those kind of couple boom weeks, if you can plug that in off the waiver wire, that is valuable in dynasty. And we didn't mention, obviously, every single person that you wanted us to talk about next week. We're going to be talking more preseason reactions, so we'll give you some more deeper names that maybe, hey, you didn't talk about those. We'll, we'll talk about some of those names. But I, I do want to give a couple honor, honorary mentions. Some people that almost made the list. I mean, there's a coveted group. I mean, that was six this year that we've kind of enshrined uh, forever as a nasty boy. Um, but two guys that I wanted to throw out, are not related, but they have the same last name. I'm calling them the Gray Boys. Eric Gray of the New York Giants is a running back they took in the fifth round. And then Noah Gray, backup tight end for the Chiefs. I think Noah We're Gray... still doing this Noah Gray thing? It's dark. <laughs> it's a very dark pickup. Like, it is... It, I did it in a league, and I had someone go, that is the meanest thing you could do. Like, what are you trying to cast over the entire league? But I think that he would be an every-down guy if something happened to Kelsey, right? At least this year, yeah. Seems like he should be. Yeah, he's entering a contract year. It's it's the last one. But any other names you guys want to mention at the very end, just quickly? There's some uh, Calvin Austin. Say, there's the some Pittsburgh valuable Steelers. guys on this list, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, Calvin Austin's. He seems to be making a bunch of plays in camp. He's finally on the field. He's finally healthy. He was a rookie last year. Basically, would looked at a, a red shirt year uh, from injury. But the dude is got the afterburners like no one else on the Pittsburgh Steelers so it'll be interesting to see if he has that role and then my guy he just he just keeps coming up Mr. Kyron Williams currently the backup running back for uh for the Los Angeles Rams but the news on Kyron has actually been very positive as well and he's he looks like he's one Cam Akers missing time away from being a starting running back yeah and, and remember last year like apparently there was rumors like this was yeah. gonna be the dude and we never just got to see it because the injuries and stuff so yeah he's 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 sneaky um these guys i don't think qualify really anymore after zeke didn't go back to dallas but mike brought these guys up in like what may or something or i don't yeah. remember yeah a few weeks ago rico daddle malik davis need to be rostered it looks like right now it's the tony pollard show and then someone else will fill in here um you know deuce bonds is great but it just had his size. We don't see the workload. So one of these guys could get the Zeke role for sure. Rico Dada and Mike Davis need to be rostered in every league. And then we just want to mention, just because I love saying his name, Demario Douglas of the Patriots. You might not even make the roster. Like it's, it's at the very end, but I just like that. They call him pop. That's just a fun name for a wide receiver. Pop Douglas. Dirty pop. <laughs> Mike, if he's a thing, I mean, wouldn't that be so fun to say on the show? I can't, hear the word pop without immediately thinking dirty pop i mean, it's I mean an, this is, my brain is broke listen, it's a nasty boys show so i get it it's it's real dirty uh i want to hop into a cup we have some great listener questions we're gonna talk about some trades today so let's get into it mailbag i had some of these just fired off in our discord channel if you want to get those questions answered best Join the foot.com members. We have tons of dynasty channels, super flex, trade advice, all of those. 
So here's some quick trade ones. First one from Instagram. Would you trade a 2024 second round rookie pick for Zeke? No, I would not. So where's where's the price? Because I'm seeing that with Zeke. That's the immediate reaction. Like, should I trade him? Should I trade for him if I have Ramondre Stevenson? What do you guys think? Uh, they also they said they're a win now team. I just uh, I feel like throughout the year you might be able to get somebody better for a second rounder than Zeke. Uh, it's just the, the the end of the road for Zeke is it's very close. And too, like even if you are a contender, if if you're getting him as like your RB four or something, like you don't need to make this move now. You don't need to panic because you can see what happens throughout the course of the season. Like Mike said, maybe there's a better target that develops later on maybe Conte Ingram is a star uh whatever it is but <laughs> this 2024 second in a super flex league you know will get very valuable come the end of the season come January February into next year Zeke will become irrelevant most likely for a trade value at that point yeah even if Zeke has a like a strong year and Ramondre Stevenson loses time like he the person who has him will probably think ah he's now a first rounder but when the trades are actually starting to come in, I, he might still just be a second rounder. Next one from Drewski on Discord. Bonjour. If you have two quarterbacks on the same bye week in a super flex, should you try and trade for another quarterback or just suck it up and potentially take a loss that one week? What do you guys think? I don't know that I'm... Oh, yeah, just trying to trade for another one? Yeah, I'm going to get... I'm I'm going dumpster diving. I'm just finding a, a body that's going to be throwing the ball at least a little bit. I'm not – I really don't want to take a loss. Yeah, th and that's definitely important. But at the same time, like I'm trying to think of a good example. I can't think in my head. I guess I should be able to rip, rip this off, Kyle, with how many best ball drafts I've done. But like Daniel Jones and Lamar Jackson have the same bye week, I, I believe. That's an example. 13. Like I wouldn't want to just like throw away that, right, just for one week in Dynasty unless you're getting like – somewhat of an equivalent tier or something but yeah like mike said go get go get someone go get a, a third quarterback to fill go it in baker or trash desmond or ritter like yes yeah, one of those sorts of guys yeah it's it's so hard because the rest of your league is going to recognize that you have that and you're in this issue and probably make you overpay so i would just say my advice would be don't go out of your way to make this happen just because of one week that you're like super worried about now in that instance, Betts was talking about week 13. That's right before playoffs. So it, it also, is kind of important. You, if, if you're in a super flex, you should, you got to have more than two quarterbacks. you you got to have at least three. I, I agree, but I do. I remember bringing that up in, in uh, the super Stuff happens, I know. Yeah, and then just like the guy you thought was a starter, like, you know, you have Sam Howell as your third quarterback, and then you look up, you're like, oh, crap, he's not the starter anymore. Um, right. But yeah, don't go out of your way to like overpay, but you know, trying to make it happen. Next one from Twitter is from uh, just just can not a ten. That's a Barbie reference. Uh, um, would you trade? I am Kenuff. <laughs> Nick Chubb and Chig for a twenty twenty four first, a twenty twenty four second, and twenty twenty five first. So two firsts and a second for Chig and Chubb. Chig and Chubb. So whenever I'm looking at these, I like to uh, like just pair it up. So it's like okay. Uh, Chubb is the 24 first uh, because it's player for player. Okonkwo is the 24 second, and then I'm just getting a 25 first. That's like that's the premium payment for me to switch out 
uh, those two guys? And the answer to me is, I th- I think that's a no. That's a no for me. This one is is entirely team dependent. I've given up, you know, a first for Nick Chubb. I think that's very fair if you're a contending team. But yeah, if you're not, like I'm getting those first, and I'm willing to move away from from Nick Chubb and and Chig. I understand that we all excited about him, but. It was a small sample size last year, so if you are rebuilding, this is one that I would definitely be okay with. And I think how much longer do you think Chubb has? Two, two years. I I think if he shows out, which I think we all have him projected as just he's going to be a monster this year, could could finish as an RB one, like the RB one. Then they're not going to just cut him, right? They're not. They're they might restructure no. some stuff. Like he's just going to be an integral part. So I think you have a two year window. So. He's not like a must trade, even if you're rebuilding, I feel like. Like he's somebody that like he's gonna hopefully gain value towards the trade deadline as if you want to go all in, you better pay up for Nick Chubb. Yeah, I agree. Uh next one from the website, Ty in the Clemson boys. What's the hardest part of podcasting? Knowing <laughs> your dynasty league mates are listening in. Uh yeah, it's it's been an issue for me for <laughs> The last 10 years. Uh, the, the nice thing, though, is like I'm not I'm not a, a I don't bull crap when it comes to trading. You know, like I I don't do the I start with an offer. And I hope I'm I hope I'm getting away with something. I send what I think is a real fair offer. Now, in, in their eyes, maybe it's not. But I don't ever look at my trade offer and go, ooh, if they if they accept this, I'm going to have some explaining to do to do to the league that that I got away with this one. Uh so that with ever like the, people still they hear my opinions but they don't necessarily share my opinions so I'm still able to get some things done and and not get you know not get run over or people stealing my picks all the time like that. Yeah, I actually haven't had it be too much of an issue which has been lucky. Um there's been a couple players that like you know I've had strong stances on and one of my league mates will say, yo, I, I heard you, dude, you're in love with, last year for me, it was Ramondre Stevenson. <laughs> it's like, I'm not training you Ramondre Stevenson. It's like, well, that's a bummer. <laughs> that's a bummer. But for the most part, I've, like Mike said, I've still been able to get some deals done, get the guys I like, stuff like that. Yeah, I I feel like there is a temptation, just a small still temptation that says, if somebody's listening in and I want to talk about this certain player, I'm going to talk about them in a very positive light. You know, just maybe <laughs> embellish. I've never used statistics that way, guys. Never. I've never used them as pure propaganda. But of course, in Dynasty, I feel like you get it too. I, th- I think at the end of the day, most people in good leagues, like they want to keep trading no matter what. Like even if they just made a trade, they want to you know keep this market, keep this conversation going. So I'm I'm kind of fortunate to be in fun Dynasty leagues. I can imagine if you're like in a Dynasty league where like six or seven managers are super like interested, and then everybody else just doesn't care, then you could dupe somebody. But um, yeah, if you're listening to a podcast, a dynasty podcast all summer long with us and right now, uh, you're probably having a lot of fun if you're listening. So um, let's do one more question here. This one's from Cade. In a one quarterback, six point dynasty league, would you trade Josh Allen in a late 2024 first for Bijan and Aaron Rodgers? I think I would in a one quarterback league. If you're getting Bijan. So that we we have some extra information that Dak Prescott is the backup 
Uh, they do have Garrett Wilson, so they're you know looking at the the Garrett Wilson Aaron Rodgers stack. They also have the 104, and they're eyeing Anthony Richardson with that pick. So, man, I look. I know that Bijan Robinson is he's easily the 101. He's probably the number one overall dynasty running back at this very moment, which. Go back and listen to our Dynasty uh, running back ranking show where we break down how long does a player actually stay ranked really high when they are a running back. And I, like, I'm looking at, so uh, so Jason, the other guy from the footballers, in our main Dynasty League, he has built his team on a foundation of running backs. That's just how it's worked out for him. So he was going into this year with Bijan because he – he managed to get the one trade for the one one, uh, Brees Hall, and Travis Etienne, and it's like two months ago or whatever. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to. I'm gonna have to play against Jason's team, and he has these three just studs, absolute superstar fantasy running backs. Two months ago, okay. Flash forward to today, Brees Hall now has to compete with a. $8 million Dalvin Cook for touches for this year. Travis Etienne, the vibes on him are bad. I don't know if you guys are where I am with Etienne, but I was already a little bit worried um, just as him as, as a fantasy player. Even I just called him a superstar. I'm just saying like the market views Etienne as a superstar. Had a great year, but then they take Tank Bigsby in the third round. Tank Bigsby is a lot bigger than him. Like, Maybe he's a better pass catcher. Maybe he's a better goal line running back. And it's like all of a sudden, your three superstars have have killed their value because of other running backs being added to the team. Where this does not happen to like that's not going to happen to Josh Allen. That's not going to happen to Garrett Wilson. Uh, so I just I am I am no longer building anything foundationally upon running backs. I've been burned way too many times thinking I have a true valuable fantasy football player on my team only for a month later to have that team add another running back and then you're in full timeshare. So I don't know that I would, if it's just Josh Allen, I mean, they'll probably scoff at that too, but Josh Allen is just so valuable in dynasty long term that I don't know if I'm willing to do this to, to drop down to, a team that wants to compete with Dak, who I, I do like Dak, but Dak is not Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and, and Anthony Richardson. Like you, you could find yourself in a really, really bad quarterback problem by week four. I'm I'm okay with it in the sense of in a one quarterback league, like Bijan, just what Bijan is, because you're getting you're getting four years, like you're getting three to four years with a player. Yes, you should. That's going to hold value. So. I'm assuming this roster, they're entertaining this trade because one, they want a young asset, and two, they're going to get a massive boost at running back where I think they can make up. I mean, they're, they're not going to obviously get the same spike weeks that Josh Allen, but between Dak, a stack with Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson, which sounds really fun for one to two years, and Richardson, like, I think I'm okay with that in a one quarterback league. Bets? Yeah, I, I would do it if it was me, and it's just because of the one quarterback league thing. If this was Superflex, no no way. But um, you know, with Josh Allen, he's going to be incredible. There's no doubt about that. 
there is, you know, this sort of idea, though, that as these quarterbacks start to get a little older, that the rushing comes down. I'm not saying that's happening this year for Josh Allen. I'm not saying it's happening next year, but he is getting closer to 30. And so I think just what we know of Josh Allen, of like the goal line back and that sort of thing, that's not going to be a forever. Um, and so for me, I think I'm okay with it, mostly because, I mean, Anthony Richardson, man, like we've given the stat so many times. If he runs, he will be good for fantasy, even if the Colts are bad, even if he's not a great thrower. And so I think you can get there. Pick your matchups, see what's happening with Dallas and Dak, Rodgers. Like if you pick your spots and you have those three quarterbacks, I think you could get 80% of Josh Allen's production on the year, maybe more if, if Richardson hits. So that's a risk I would take to get right now a player who's considered a top three dynasty asset. I, I will say uh, I have had the roster that is a quarterback away many different years in my main dynasty league, and I had – Quarterbacks like I had, you know, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, uh, Jameis Winston. I had startable guys in a single quarterback league. The pain of getting the quarterback pick wrong week after week after week and then not even getting in the playoffs specifically because you just keep getting the quarterback wrong. I'm telling you, that is pain, 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 pain. So I don't know. I, I still. I'm still not doing it. I'm and I don't want to give away a 2024 first. Yeah. I think that's going to be super valuable. You know, I'm looking at this trade in a vacuum and then I'm like, okay, so I have Josh Allen in a one quarterback league and it's so hard because I ne I just never have to think about worrying about that position. Like every single week, not only is I know I have an insane floor, but in a one quarterback league like I am going to murder people alone with just Josh Allen like as Yeah. So several times a year. So yeah, I I I think it's I think you can feel the pain of this, um, but I think Bijan value like value wise he's going to win in a trade chart or whatever like you know long term in a one quarterback yeah. league. But yeah, because because he's currently the number one dynasty running back. Yeah, will he be that next year? Maybe I don't know. Yeah, man, I hope he's cool. I hope he's <laughs> awesome. Everything has been awesome so far in Falcons camp. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Fans Footballers Dynasty Podcast. If you want to get all of our dynasty rankings once again ultimatedraftkit.com and next week we'll be back to talk preseason week two have a good week that <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for tuning in everyone goodbye thanks for listening to the fantasy footballers dynasty podcast if you want to take your dynasty skills to the next level check out the fantasyfootballers.com this is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. 
Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.